0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, my name is Christopher Price of the Boston Globe. Welcome to a special late night edition, post-game edition of the Patriots Report. One in the wake of the Patriots, twenty seven seventeen 17 Saturday Night Laws to the Colts. We have some good questions. Thoughts, comments on what happened. I'm going to get to those in a few, but I wanted to hit on a few things right off the top. We're going to broad brush it, obviously, because we haven't looked at the All-22. But at the same time, just a few initial thoughts from me on a few things that maybe led to the loss in this game. Maybe a couple of positives as well. First off, the five words you'll take away from this one come from Hunter Henry, the postgame podium. A few minutes ago, he said, we weren't ready to play. Five words. We weren't ready to play. And I think that tells you pretty much everything you need to know, at least off the top, about this game. We talked all week. We did three podcasts last week. Talked all week about the Colts being a great first quarter team and the energy that was sure to be there at Lucas Oil Stadium. The Patriots were simply unable to match that energy. Colts got that first touchdown very early on. Naheem Hines on a direct snap, scored an eight-yard touchdown. And then the Colts followed that up with a blocked punt. And this is a whole separate story. Maybe we're going to address over the course of this week. Three blocked punts this year for Jake Bailey, who was an all pro last season, but for whatever reason, the execution level on the punt team is not where it should be. 14, nothing right out of the gate, 17, nothing at halftime. And the Patriots were in a hole that ultimately was too deep for them to climb out of. They were not ready to play. Once again, those are, the words that you should take away from this game that is what's going to be stamped on the tombstone really for for lack of a better term the other thing for me is that the margin for error with this team may be slimmer than we initially believed particularly when it comes to playoff worthy teams like indianapolis on the road you can play like that against the jets the panthers the texans the falcons you could commit eight penalties you can have false starts you can not convert on several red zone opportunities, and you could still have a chance to win that game. Saturday night against the Colts, that wasn't the, really wasn't the case. They committed eight penalties. A couple of them, I believe at least one of them off the top of my head, Isaiah Win was hit with a false start. Isaiah Wynn did not have a good game, and we're going to get into that a little bit down the road here as well. One more thing to take away from this thing, again, we're broad-brushing it right off the top here before we get to your questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, whatever the case may be, is that now you're looking at 9-5. and five. And moments ago, I just tweeted out the AFC standings and Patriots are in third place in the AFC. It's not a horrible spot to be in by any stretch of the imagination, but you have Kansas City at 10-4 and four, who, you know, all of a sudden, a you know, team that looked like it was really struggling about six weeks ago. Is now in first place in AFC, Tennessee at nine and four. And then you have the Patriots at nine and five. And so you still have one of those top three seeds. But at the same time, when you look at Tennessee's schedule the rest of the way and you look at the way that Kansas City is playing, it's going to be a challenge to get back to that number one spot. Now, are you happy if you're a Patriots fan with a number three seed? I think that expectations have changed over the course of the year. And so maybe. He asked in September, he said, yeah, number three seed is perfect. You know, I I didn't really expect this much out of this team to begin with. So the number three seed is okay. But I think expectations have certainly changed over the course of the season after watching this team rip off seven straight. And so you get into kind of a dicey situation here. Are you okay with a third seed? You don't have that buy, that first round buy that only the number one seed gets. And you look at Tennessee's schedule the rest of the way. Tennessee has a really easy schedule the rest of the way. And, you know, you consider, like I said before, the way that Kansas City is playing. It's going to be a challenge down the stretch. Now, next week's game against the Bills all of a sudden has a lot deeper meaning than maybe it did if you win this game. If you beat the Colts, you feel a little bit better about your situation. But now you have to beat the Bills at home because the Bills are 7-6. and six. The Bills win tomorrow. They're eight and six, and they're only a game in back. You so all of a sudden, things are a little bit closer, a little bit tighter than maybe you had hoped. So, right now, again, you got Kansas City with the first seed at 10 and four, Tennessee at nine and four, New England sits in the third spot at nine and five, Baltimore, is a half game back, they're eight and five, Indy is now eight and six, the Chargers eight and six as well. And Buffalo is seven and six. And then kind of rounding out the picture of the teams that are above 500. Cleveland is eighth overall at seven and six. Cincinnati is ninth overall at seven and six. Cleveland, I believe, gets that tiebreaker. And then Denver is also seven and six. And they kind of round out the playoff picture. So I want to get to some of your thoughts. You guys hit me on Twitter with a bunch of good questions. As soon as the game was over, I think we're going to do this a little bit more going forward because these were such good questions. Matt, says, that was a frustrating game to watch. Damn, two weeks to prepare, and that's what they come out with? Good grief. Matt, I agree with you. One of the things that we've seen from the Patriots under Bill Belichick, coming out of a bye week, they're prepared. They're ready to go. They're hitting on all cylinders as soon as the ball is kicked off. We did not see that tonight. We saw a team get down by 14 points. Now, granted, they were on the road. They were going up against, a, like I said before, a playoff-worthy team. But at the same time, there's very little margin for error in this situation, and the Patriots really didn't respond well out of the gate. And so that is on them, You know, whether it was coaching, whether it was execution, whether it was personnel, whatever the case may be. I don't necessarily have a problem with the way the defense played over the first three-plus quarters. Obviously, that 67-yard touchdown run from Taylor at the very end, that was a killer. That was a backbreaker. That was a tough, tough run. Guy rose to the occasion in the biggest moment, and I, I get it now. I'll say this, I didn't necessarily understand his talent level because I didn't get a chance to watch him play on a regular basis, but he is really talented. He's really good, and he should be part of the MVP conversation. But I didn't really have that much of a problem with the way the defense played for three-plus quarters tonight. It was on the offense. The offense did not take advantage of the situations that they were put in. They didn't play well. Like I said before, they took some bad penalties in the red zone. They had eight penalties as a team. A lot of those came on the offensive side of the ball. Mac Jones looked kind of like a rookie on Saturday night. That was his first real rookie moment, at least over the last six, seven, eight weeks. So I don't really, if if we're putting blame here, if we're kind of putting together who might be the most responsible for the loss, I don't have that much of a problem with defense. I think the offense is where things kind of broke down a little bit on Saturday night. So I like this one from Sammy James. Should the Patriots be considered a nonprofit organization for donating a win To Indianapolis, he had two turnovers too. That's the other thing that we didn't mention in the offense. You you had Mac throw a pair of picks. And that's where things kind of got ugly a a little bit for him. And again, you can kind of excuse away some of this stuff. And I heard some of the guys talk about it at the podium after the game that, you know, you got to remember, Mac is still a rookie. Well, one of the reasons he's had the level of success that he's had over the course of his rookie year is because, quite frankly, there are times where he has not played like a rookie. And I don't know if we saw some regression on Saturday night. I don't know if that's the kind of thing that, you know, might creep in to his thought process moving forward, but a pair of turnovers, a pair of interceptions, it's not great for the rookie, not great for the first year quarterback at Alabama, who has played very well, at least to this point in the season. Amusement Amusement Graphics asks, how are the Patriots going to go into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs? Yeah, like we said, you can do this against the Jets. You can play like this against the Panthers, the Texans, and the Falcons. You can make mistakes and still come out of that game with a win. You can't do that against a playoff-worthy team like the Colts. Now, the Chiefs have had their own problems on both sides of the ball over the course of the year, so it might be a situation where, you know, depending on what Chiefs team you get, you could have a chance of knocking them off, even if you do make a few errors along the way. But you're not going to be able to win playoff games Playing like the, playing the way really that the Patriots did on Saturday night. The other thing too that we need to bring up in the context of this conversation, I think it's important, is that the special teams did not play well at all as a group. Gunnar Olszewski fumbled one out of bounds. You had the 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 Jake Bailey blocked punt. Now that's not all on Bailey. Jacob Johnson got beat on the play, and so I'm not going to necessarily put this one on Bailey's, you know, really on Bailey's doorstep. But at the same time. The special teamers, those guys are difference makers, or they have been difference makers in the past for the Patriots. And we didn't necessarily see that on Saturday night against the Colts. The formula to win in the postseason, you have to run the ball well, play good defense, and you have to have some special teams magic. We know that from the Patriots over the years. And the special teamers as a group have to play better in January than they did Saturday against Indianapolis. Monuments Music asks Seems like a loss that needed to happen under the big lights against a team dying for revenge. Better now than later. I'm oddly not losing sleep over this one. How worried are you, CP? One thing that I think it's important that kind of minimizes the loss a little bit, and maybe minimizes is the wrong term, but I I think it's important to note here. This Colts team was playing for their collective playoff lives. If Indianapolis loses that game, they go to, what are they, eight and six now? They would have gone to seven and seven. And they would have basically been out of the playoff picture because it's, it's just, it, it, would have been, it would have been too big a hill for them to climb. And so that game really was a playoff game for the Colts. And I think the Colts have playoff games pretty much the rest of the way, given their situation. And so if you're looking at a team that quote-unquote wants it more or wanted it more on Saturday night, the Colts were definitely the team that absolutely had to have that win. And so I do agree with you on that point. I don't know if it's a loss that quite needed to happen, but it was a team in Indianapolis that really was in a lot of ways dying for a win. Vincent asks, Patriots didn't come back from the bye till the second half tonight. Still loving Mac. Yeah. That hits on a lot of the same topics that we talked about off the top. They did not come prepared right out of the gate and the Colts made them pay. Still so loving Mac. It's, it's a tough night for the rookie. There's no denying that. There's no getting around that. He's been really good over the course of the year. He's made really good decisions. He's taken care of the football. He knows when to throw it away. He knows when to take a sack. He knows when to avoid trouble. And tonight, he was picked off twice, almost picked off a third time, and he just he didn't play well. I, th- I thought this was one of his toughest games of the year. From start to finish. Now they played well down the stretch. The offense got it together. He made some throws. And I think he almost got them back in this game. Statistically, we're going to look back at the numbers for this one for Mac. And, and, you know, it's not going to be a bad game. 26 for 45. 299 yards. Two touchdowns. Two interceptions. So numbers-wise, wasn't a bad night for the rookie. But the two picks, that was tough. And the offense's overall inability to get any sort of rhythm, any sort of traction right out of the gate. I think that really ultimately doomed them. Now, the one thing that I'll give them credit for here on offense Saturday night was the fact that they didn't have Damian Harris. And I wonder how much of that is really the cause behind this loss because you could change things up. Maybe it was too much to put on the shoulders of Stevenson. Maybe it was too much to ask of him to be the number one guy. He ended up 10 carries, 36 yards but was never really a factor in this one. He had one run for 13 yards, which was his longest of the evening, but he was never a guy who you looked at tonight and said, you know what? He's the difference maker. He's the guy. And it'd be tough to kind of put this on him. But I think the fact that Harris was out, I think the Patriots were playing a little bit shorthanded at a position of strength, or at least a traditional position of strength. They didn't really get anything from Brandon Bolden four carries for three yards. Johnu Smith had one carry for two yards. They got a, a scramble for Mack, went for 12 yards. Kendrick Bourne picked up 19 yards on a pair of carries, although one of them was an 18-yarder on an end-around. So, you know, 19 yards, that's not bad. But you didn't really have the hammer in the backfield because Harris wasn't there. And also, too, you get behind 20 to nothing. You're not going to run the ball. You got to throw the ball to get back in the game. And we saw that tonight from the Patriots. So, all in all, not a great evening for the New England ground game on a night where they needed to have a good evening. They needed to be at their best, and they just weren't. Chris Ballone asks, is it weird I already don't care about that loss? Horrible mistakes, weird calls, special teams errors and penalties, and they still had a chance to win. At no time did I feel like the Colts were in control. The Colts don't scare me. Am I wrong? Well, Chris, I don't know if you're completely right either. I I think that it should scare you a little bit, if you're a team in December playing like that against another playoff caliber team, you know, and I'm not going to get into specifics here, but you know, there were mistakes. Turn the ball over a couple times, bad penalties. It took eight penalties. They didn't convert when they needed to convert. They made some big plays. They played well down the stretch. The offense played well down the stretch. I thought the Mac Jones pass to Nikhil Harry that went for, I think 43 yards late in the game was as good a pass play as we've seen all year from this team. Very, very impressive. Very impressive. And, and so, look, you know, the offense didn't come to play for, you know, the first couple of quarters, but they really rounded into form and they almost knocked, you know, they, they, they almost knocked them off. But, you know, for, for a team that was so good playing really quality, complimentary football over the last, what, seven weeks, really playing well on both sides of the ball, dominating in special teams. You know, just smothering opposing offenses, taking the ball away when they needed to, making plays when they needed to make them. They just didn't get it done tonight. And so I don't know if this is. Someone asked me this on Twitter earlier tonight, and and someone asked me, if, is is this the worst loss that they've had this year? I, I don't know if it's the worst loss. I, I still say New Orleans was just really weird from start to finish. It, it was a it was a tough game for them, and you know, they didn't really look in sync. And you know, you could write that off also for because it was early in the season and he didn't know where they were. They didn't know what they were yet. You know, they hadn't really found an identity, but under the circumstances, this is not too far removed, you know, with everything that was on the line coming into this thing. I am now really fascinated to see how this team is going to bounce back down the road, what they're going to look like going into Buffalo, with Buffalo coming into to Foxborough next week. And they have Jacksonville in Miami. And look, you you can mark down Jacksonville as a win, but you're going to need to, go three and one or two and one over these last three games. If you want a shot at that number one seed, because again, the Tennessee schedule is just so remarkably easy. It's just, it's amazing because, you know, look, it is, it is what it is. You know, teams are, are lucky enough to be able to be in these kinds of situations. You know, they, they, they play the schedule. And so here I'm going to call up the Tennessee schedule the rest of the way here. Tennessee has Pittsburgh on Sunday at at Pittsburgh, which I think is has a chance to be a good game because Tennessee's not all the way, you know, all the way there yet, but they're rounding back into form. They're getting Derrick Henry back. They're getting healthy. And you know, a, a Mike Variable team is always going to be tough. They're always going to play well. They're going to be mentally tough. And again, I, I don't think necessarily that the team the Patriots faced in late November is the real Tennessee team. I think Tennessee has a chance to be, you know, better than they are, at least, you know, toward the end of the year. Anyway, Tennessee has Pittsburgh. They're at Pittsburgh on Sunday and then they're home against the 49ers and the Dolphins, and they're at the Texans. And, you know, you, you look at the Pittsburgh game and you look at the San Francisco game, Those are their two toughest games the rest of the way. But that's a team that should win. You know, as a shot at 12 games, 12 wins. And if you look at the Patriots right now, they have nine wins, they have three games left. So you got to match them. You got to find a way to match them the rest of the way. And look, Jacksonville is going to be a layup. And you'd like to think that, New England would be favored against the Bills, although I really like the way the Bills played last week against Tampa Bay. And I'm going to be fascinated to see how they react going forward. The Patriots, you know, it's a cliche to say, but destiny's in their hands. If they win out the rest of the way, let's say they go 12-5, and and they're right there with Tennessee, and they're right there with Kansas City. I think given the expectations at the start of the year, New England fans would take that, every single day. But I think the expectations have changed over the course of the season. This is not a team that should be a third seed or a fourth seed. This is a team that should be contending for the for the top seed. And if you want to contend for the number one seed the rest of the way, you have to win out. And so again, I, I'm really going to be interested to see how New England responds to this loss in Indianapolis. They play Buffalo next Sunday. And again, then they have Jacksonville. Then they travel down to South Beach to finish out the regular season. So and is good. If you'd ask me in September, 9-5 and going into the second half of December, I'd take that every single time. But now, again, maybe the expectations have changed a little bit. So to wrap up, New England loses 27-17 to Indianapolis, a tough game. Again, they weren't prepared right out of the gate, and the Colts made them pay. And so that sets up three games now at the end of the year against the Bills, against the Jaguars, and against the Dolphins. You win out, you have a real good shot at the number one seed. You go two and one or one and two. I don't think they're going to go one and two, but you know, if you go two and one, it's up in the air right now. Maybe you got a chance at that second seed. Maybe you're number three and that's still pretty good. But again, I think over the course of the year, the expectations have changed a little bit. We will see going forward this week, the Patriots report. We're going to have a lot of great guests again, lining some people up for that return date against the bills. We produced a lot of great content over the last couple of weeks. Hope you've been listening. And we have a lot of great guests moving forward. We want you to be a part of it here on the Patriot Report on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you download, listen, and subscribe each and every episode. You can pick it up on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look forward to another great week of football. Take care, everyone. Hope you're well.